I got a brand new sweetie, better than the one before. Oh, she's got everything and a little bit more. Hello, friends, and welcome to another mini episode of Additional History Headlines You Probably Missed. I'm your host, Tiffany Clark. And each of these mini-episodes is as much fun as the weekly full episodes, except I only tell one story and I get to pick the date and time. And the stories don't necessarily coincide with a famous event. For today's story, I wanted to talk about the life of someone that was pretty much a nobody until he happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, or in the right place at the right time, depending on how you want to look at it. We first see this man's name making headlines and newspaper articles less than two weeks after one of the most famous incidents in all of U.S. history, an incident I already covered in episode 8 of this podcast, April 15, 1865, the day Abraham Lincoln passed away. On May 4, 1865, the Charleston Courier printed a huge headline that screamed, Highly Important, Booth Killed. So much has been written over the years about Abraham Lincoln and his assassination by actor John Wilkes Booth. But the man who assassinated John Wilkes Booth doesn't get nearly as much attention, even though his life is pretty fascinating. So, for today's mini-episode, you get to hear the story of Boston Corbett, a.k.a. Lincoln's Avenger. Thomas Corbett, who later changed his name to Boston, was born in London, England in 1832. When he was just eight years old, his family immigrated to the United States, choosing to settle in New York. When Boston got a little older, he began training as a hatter. Most historians who have studied Boston's life believe this job was key to how the rest of his life would go. You see, I learned something while reading about Boston's life that I didn't know before. When you think of Abraham Lincoln, it's probably hard to picture him without his famous hat. But he obviously wasn't the only one who wore hats. They were kind of a big deal in the fashion world back then, and hat making was a lucrative business. During that time period, hat makers used something called mercury nitrate to turn the animal fur they used into felt for the hats. Unfortunately for those in the business, mercury nitrate had some unpleasant side effects. Things like psychosis, hallucinations, and twitching. People even called the twitching hatter's shakes. In an interesting twist to this story, Lewis Carroll's book, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, was published the same year Lincoln was assassinated, and as I'm sure you know, it featured a character called the Mad Hatter. It wasn't just a name, but rather a character based somewhat on reality. Anyway, back to our story. Boston eventually got married, and his wife got pregnant, but she passed away during childbirth along with their little daughter. Boston was distraught, and he started drinking. A lot. One day, he was out walking the streets of New York and stopped to listen to a street preacher. The man's words fascinated Boston, and he became a regular fixture in front of many of the preachers in the area. He was exuberant and would often yell out his joy or make loud comments while they were speaking. The preacher started encouraging him to become a preacher himself and find his own corner mostly to get Boston away from them. Boston liked the idea, and that was when he changed his name from Thomas to Boston and started growing his hair out so he would look like Jesus. He started preaching on his own corner. 
Now, what led up to Boston's next crazy event varies a little depending on the source, but basically he wanted to curb his passions and in his mind, the best way to do that was to castrate himself. Eventually, he started working as a hatter in New York City and was known to constantly preach and sing hymns to his co-workers, a behavior that wasn't really appreciated. When the Civil War started in 1861, Boston didn't hesitate and enlisted in the Union Army right away. He had to cut off his long hair when he joined, and one day, before Boston ever saw any action on the battlefield, he was at drill and his commanding officer started yelling at the troops and using a lot of profanity. Boston called him out on it. The officer didn't like that and sent Boston to jail, where he started singing hymns as loud as he could. All the officer wanted was an apology, but Boston wouldn't give it to him. According to one source, he was then court-martialed and sentenced to be shot, but luckily for him that sentence was overturned. It took less than a month and Boston re-enlisted with the New York Cavalry. In June of 1864, Boston was captured by the Confederate Army and taken to Andersonville Prison. Now, for those of you who have studied the Civil War extensively, you'll know that Andersonville was not a great place. For those of you who haven't, I'll tell you a little bit about it. The name of the prison was officially Camp Sumter in South Carolina, but most people called it Andersonville. The prison opened in February of 1864, and eventually as many as 400 prisoners would arrive every single day. By August, there were 33,000 Union prisoners being held there, Boston being one of them. Because there were so many soldiers crammed into a small space, there wasn't enough food or shelter or medical care or anything for that matter. There were mice and rats everywhere, and everyone was covered with lice. At least 12,000 men died in Andersonville during the year and a half it was in operation, and it's considered a National Historic Site now. Okay, back to the story of Boston. Boston was released from Andersonville after five months when the armies did a prisoner exchange. When he was released, he had to immediately go to the hospital to be treated for malnutrition, scurvy, and exposure. Then, in April of 1865 immediately following President Lincoln's assassination, Corbett's regiment was sent to help track down John Wilkes Booth. Less than two weeks after Lincoln's death, the regiment managed to track John Wilkes Booth to a farm in the Virginia countryside. They surrounded the barn and lit it on fire. Now, the Army's instructions had been very clear. They were to bring Booth in alive. However, as Boston watched through a crack in the wood of the barn, he claimed to see John Wilkes Booth loading a gun and aiming it. Boston figured he'd take out Booth before he had a chance to harm anyone else, and fired his weapon through the crack. Just like Lincoln, the bullet entered the back of Booth's head, but didn't kill him immediately. Booth was paralyzed and unable to move his limbs. He died a few hours later. Now, not everyone was happy about what Boston had done. The government had wanted John Wilkes Booth brought to trial, but Boston insisted he shot Booth in self-defense. Some of the other men who had been present claimed they never saw Booth with a gun. Either way, Boston was arrested and taken to Washington, D.C. to be court-martialed again. Many of the citizens around the country weren't happy about this because they had already considered Boston to be a national hero, and they started calling him Lincoln's Avenger. 
Luckily for Boston, he was released and not charged further. So, what did Boston do after he shot Lincoln? Well, he moved back to Boston, Massachusetts, Danbury, Connecticut, and eventually Camden, New Jersey, where he worked as a hatter again. Because he was such a religious fanatic, he had a hard time keeping a job after he was hired. To earn extra money, he capitalized on his fame as Lincoln's Avenger and gave lectures in different towns. Meanwhile, his mental health continued to fail, and his paranoia was so bad he started carrying a pistol with him everywhere he went, convinced that every stranger he passed was out to get him. Finally, he moved to Kansas, where he got a plot of land to homestead and made himself a little dugout house. And, of course, he continued to work as a preacher. Because of his fame, Boston was given the position of assistant doorkeeper for the Kansas House of Representatives, and he was supposed to keep watch while they were in session. Once again, his paranoia took over, and he convinced himself that the representatives were out to get him, and he waved his gun around and chased them out of the building. When he was arrested that time, the judge decided to send him to the Topeka Asylum for the Insane in Kansas. By this time, Boston was nearing age 60 and had lived a very rough life. He stayed in the asylum for a little over a year before he stole a horse and escaped. This is about the time that history lost track of solid evidence of what happened to Boston. After his escape, he told a friend he knew from the war that he was going to Mexico, but there's no proof he ever went there. Boston disappeared from proven history that day. There is one theory that is widely believed, and that's that Boston moved to Minnesota and worked as a game hunter for a logging camp there, living under the name of his original name, Thomas Corbett. In 1894, a wildfire broke out near Hinkley, Minnesota, and became known as the Great Hinkley Fire. That fire burned 200,000 acres before it could be stopped, and hundreds of people died. The entire town of Hinkley was burned to the ground. With Thomas Corbett's name on the list of deceased, many people believe it was actually Boston Corbett, Lincoln's Avenger, and at age 62, Boston was too old and feeble to escape the flames. Over the next few years, imposters appeared, claiming to be Boston, but they were always proven to be liars, and most people don't believe Boston lived to see the turn of the century. But we could be wrong. Friends, Thanks for listening to today's mini-episode. I hope you enjoyed the story of Lincoln's Avenger. If you want to know more about Boston Corbett or check out the sources I used, you can look at my Facebook group that has the exact same name as this podcast, Additional History Headlines You Probably Missed. Or, if you can find it, you can read The Madman and the Assassin by Scott Martell. I haven't read the book yet, but it's on my endless to-be-read list, and someday I'll get to it. If you have read it, let me know what you thought of it. Talk to you later.